Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs of Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. The Hobby Content Creator Dinner, you've heard yesterday the introductions and those who were there. The first question was voted on uh, as being the most compelling question we wanted to address first about the future of manufacturers. What's going to happen? We got the combined wisdom. Really appreciated each person chiming in and hopefully you got some value out of it. Question for the esteemed panel on uh, the future of manufacturing, production, <coughs> card companies. The latest announcement certainly affected Tops and Panini very directly, but there's implications for Upper Deck and Leaf as well. Fanatics looks like they're going to be in the primary position, although they might be second chair to the players' associations, who might be really calling the shots in terms of how this category is going to be approached. I would love to hear from Brian, because obviously okay, there's no, no greater expert in the room. This was I'm, Jeff's question. Okay. It's a great question. I just spent an hour and a half on Jeremy Lee's show talking about the same thing. My summary of going back to the sausage being made and what we know and don't know, I would not be shocked if Fanatics spoke to every company about purchasing them at some point. They probably learned a lot about the process. They didn't buy anyone. But I think here's what we do know. I think and positivity plays into this. We know Fanatics is a serious organization. They're going to handle this professionally, and they're going to do their best to grow the hobby, as you said, Doc. That's a great start. The manufacturers, a couple of them have had their dreams blown up. Both were getting sold. One was going public, and one was about to be sold privately for a lot of money. There's going to be a pivot here. What I hear is that there's really no sure thing that any of them are getting acquired. Well, I don't think they necessarily need to acquire, but I think there's a chance they would want to enter into a business relationship with Tops and Panini. I do not see a business relationship that is not full on, we own you now. They're not going to do any kind of like subcontracting, like having someone make jerseys for them. There's 0% chance of that. The blood is boiling. And I don't think even two years is going to simmer down the level of negative excitement. I think whether Fanatics buys companies or doesn't buy companies really doesn't matter. The companies are all very smart, and I've spoken to everybody on this list, and I think everybody is smart enough and has enough money in the war chest now to pivot. I think you're going to see companies making cards like I make with airbrush jerseys. Collectors are going to look and say, that's Bowman. If that's our Bowman now, that's what it is. We as collectors, because I'm a collector too, I'm the only card guy who really collects who owns a company in the manufacturing space. As a collector, I don't really care. I just want cool cards. If Fanatics makes cool cards, I'll buy those. If Topps makes airbrush Bowman that's still compelling, I'll buy that. If Panini makes National Treasures with airbrush logos that's not 4000 a box but 1800 now, I'll find that compelling. I'd rather not pay 4000 I'd rather pay 1800 So as a collector, as long as all the companies just are willing to pivot and not just give up on these categories because they're being forced to change how they do things, I think collectors can still win in the process as long as we're able to look past three feet in front of us and not be so caught up on, if it doesn't have logos, it's not a real card. Because I think that is a hang-up, that is a hobby. If we can get past, we're going to learn eventually that we have more choices when we broaden our horizons. And in 1981, Joe Montana's rookie didn't have logos. 1976, Walter Payton didn't have logos. So once we get past these things and we have a little more vision, and you're the kind of guy who would have vision, Doc, I think then we have choices. And I think as a hobby, this could be a really good thing if people along the food chain at all levels of manufacturing can just pivot. But I would caution people not to expect them to go buy up every company or any company because Fanatics is a brand-driven company. The same way Panini was a brand-driven company when it came and it threw Donner's heritage back, didn't care. It was all about Panini, Panini, Panini. You can rest assured this is going to be about Fanatics. They're going public at some point. It's all about Fanatics. They're never going to say Topps Chrome. Even if they bought Topps, it'd be Fanatics Chrome. It's all about Fanatics. There's a lot to unpack there. 
but I think we can see this as opportunity, but positivity is going to change how the hobby goes forward if we can be positive about this and not look at it as the end of the world. Because it wasn't the end of the world when Topps lost football, and it wasn't the end of the world when, when Upper Deck lost basketball. We thought it was. The idea of Panini taking over was frightening. People have lost the sport, but when they've lost the players, the subjects, that's where they're in trouble. And that's why this is so problematic. Because you're populating your sets with individuals that you can have get the rights from. If they're in the union, I think you can't get those. There's limits. Uh-huh. Clear action football in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Couldn't even mention a player's name, name on the back of a card. But we can sign players to long-term deals before they go pro. Okay. And those deals continue. Brian, you mentioned that you're going to be one of the least affected people by office. We're a winner mm-hmm. in this, which I hate. It's like when you watch everyone losing the stock market, but you shorted. You feel good because you won, but I won in this. You're You're a winner? I'm a winner in this deal for sure. You don't even have to pivot. Here's what I have to do. These guys are about to prove that what I've been telling people for 10 years is true. That the logo is not everything. It's the player and the ink and the appearance of the card matters. And they're about to prove it for me, what I couldn't convince people completely in 10 years. These big companies, Tops and Panini, are about to prove what I've been saying correct. You're a winner? I'm a huge winner. Upper deck makes a great product. They revolutionized the industry in, in the middle of, you know, the end of the 80s, early 90s. That's what stands out. They make a great product. They have Jordan, they have LeBron, they have Tiger, they have Lionel Messi, they have all these guys. Tom Brady. Upper deck, I think, is, is in play. That's my opinion. I think what Brian said is fascinating. I hadn't thought about it from the angle of it actually possibly making unlicensed products more recognized as legitimate, which I agree would be a good thing. From my standpoint, from the long-term perspective, I'm extremely excited about this and I think it's great news. I understand collectors who've collected top 50 years being upset about the brands going away and that possibility, I completely get that. I do think from a tradition standpoint, that stinks. But my favorite element is the sports leagues are going to have ownership in this because they now will have a natural desire to promote sports cards during their broadcasts as part of their marketing mix. They're incentivized to do. I look forward to watching that Sunday night football game in seven years when the starting lineup is introduced by showing their sports cards on the screen. I think that will happen because that's what the leagues are going to be incentivized to do. I think if you look 10 years out, the sports card market is going to be way stronger as a result of this. I think getting from point A to point B could be really rocky. I'm worried about the next few years. If Fanatics doesn't acquire Tops and Panini, how those companies are going to react in terms of print runs and lack of innovation and trying to squeeze every dollar. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm a little nervous about the short term, but very excited about what this means for the long term. As a collector and somebody that's in design, I don't want to run your strawberry rookie without a Dallas Cowboy star on it. So I, I want my Dallas Cowboy star on the cards that I collect for my PC. And I think with Fanatics, the amount they just probably pay for those licenses and the amount of marketing and volume they're going to do it's going to be hard for unlicensed products to compete with that because they're going to be in every stadium shop. They're going to be everywhere because of the touch they have. The unlicensed stuff, I think you're going to, have to still have the unlicensed uphill battle. I think no matter what Fanatics does, whether they buy a Topps Panini, grab upper deck, they're going to be fine. They're going to have the marketing money. They have the reach through the stadiums. They have the players behind them now because they're getting percentage of it. I think they're going to be fine, but I have to have a logo on mine. As a side note, the 1972 Roger Staubach does not have any logo. Oh, well, <laughs> as a side note, side note well, another of the great of all Dak Prescott. Okay, that's right. But, but I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, and branding's important to me. When you see a card that everything's just photoshopped off of them, and there's none of the logos, they, they come across generic. I disagree. So. When you look at a product like Panini Diamond Kings for baseball, I think that product looks beautiful without the logos on it. I get where a card manufacturer would want to have the licenses not matter. It would be 
beneficial for the manufacturers and for the masses. But you can't ignore and isolate the purist collector, because there's many, and say that it doesn't matter. Licensing, brands, logos, they do matter. It's really important. So let's just say for sake of argument and simplicity, that of the current collectors, half of them care about the logos very deeply and half of them don't. Right. They're your customers, okay? Or yeah. some of these others. What we're going to have with uh, fanatics coming in, there are going to be twice as many collectors, I think, in five years. And the new half that are coming in, like the half that came to the National, they have no preconceptions. They're going to see what they see. They're going to be shaped by what it is, just like we saw in the set what it was, that was just what it was. When they come in, it's going to be what it is. Well, I think Fanatics is going to be the one to shape it. because They're going to be the one shaping it. Because with the amount of money they've probably put on these licenses, that means they're going to have to make a lot of product to cover those costs. So they're going to come at it with a lot of different stuff. I don't know whether Fanatics hops in, and I think Brian has a great point that all the other companies are by rate at Fanatics at the moment, so that's going to make the sales difficult. However, given the timing of when they launched all of their announcements and everything else. It would be nice if it worked more like the motor companies where, you know, if Mitsubishi buys Ford, people are still going to want the Ford Mustang. People are still going to want the Ford Ranger. They're still going to want the Mitsubishi Lancer. They want yeah, what they, they, they know the and they want what they Mustang. want. And if they put Fanatics logo on the back and it says Topps Chrome on the front, people will still buy it, I think. And you think that's not going to happen? They will not you think put the, the name, animosity? They're not putting the name Topps on a card. You can write, I'll bet. I mean, it's a mortal lock. Mortal lock. I think it's a mortal lock. What's the bet? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. If they wanted tops in 2026, I believe they If they wanted tops as a brand, if they wanted tops as a brand, they could have bought the company for $1.3 billion. No. They could now buy the company for a fraction of that. No, they can't. They took the last They actually can't. Because tops is going to make $1 billion in the next five years. You're not buying that for less than a billion three. It was already a steal. The difference is they could have had the license for about a third of what they're paying. If they had bought tops, now they're going to pay triple the price and still have to pay eighty percent for tops if they want it. Tops is not under a billion dollars. I heard Darren Novell say four hundred million. I said I'm in. I'll write an LOI right now in front of you guys. I'll take it for four hundred million. It's sold. There's no chance in heck. It'd be a steal at eight hundred million. It's a billion dollars still. And so I think Fanatics, if they really wanted those brands, and they'd already looked under the hood, every one of these companies, they could have bought them already and taken over the licenses for a song compared to what they're ponying up for the next twenty years, and they would have had no competition. Because they could have taken out all the companies off the bat. The plan is fanatics. And they're not going to hire Tops to make. Tops isn't doing that. They have soccer. They have other things they can make. They're not going to do these things as a favor to help out Panini for a few percent royalty or something. There's no chance. But why what was the percentage of Tops of, of the money that came in from? Was that half of their money? I don't know what percentage baseball gets from Tops. But what I'll tell you is the deal, again, they said it was 10 times the amount. Potentially. But I think he's talking about the amount of money. But when you compare a 20-year deal to a four-year deal, which is what Topps deals were, you're already at five times if they pay the same. So it really could just be 40 million instead of 20. We don't know what happened, and I hate to even speculate. But what we do know is Michael Rubin is very smart. Probably smarter than any five of us combined. And I'll talk to him, smart dude. They have a master plan, and I think if it was buying all the companies, they could have already done that. The money doesn't matter. They're gonna be worth 30 billion. $4 billion doesn't matter. Why would you want RC Cola when you can have classic Coca-Cola? If the only soft drink available is, and they think, like you guys, some of you, that logos matter, if we really have that mentality, we're going to condition people that your only choice is RC Cola. The Coca-Cola is no longer a choice because the can's blue now instead of red. 
We're going to tell them that's not okay. It has to be a red can Take Coke to be okay. To Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, we're going to say it has to be a red can Coke or it's not okay. really a Coke. So you're yeah. telling me but uh, by them losing the license, it, it, the company didn't lose any value? I think it lost suitors for sure. It lost the SPAC. And, and it looked like A-Rod was buying Panini. That probably is not going to happen. Their, their debt, their bonds were downgraded big time. But I can tell you we have had multiple suitors, and we ended up walking away from a deal that we were about to do because we think it's bullish. We were about to sell 80% of our company for more money than I ever dreamed of, and I'm that bullish I walked away from it. You've been validated. The other thing is the companies can still use the logos and go to court over it because Upper Deck in the past has challenged the law, and they were going to win. But we're because they're, back because they're the fighting NFL. for their life now. Yeah, but there's actually a case law that protects you can use the logo on the jersey without permission. You just can't put it down in the bottom of the card. And I mm. think from talking to Topps and Panini, I would not be shocked if you see all three of us using logos in 2026 and saying, come and get us. And you may see three but companies you, band together and Upper Deck maybe if they're not already acquired. But or you don't have the rights to the individuals. You don't have rights to the players. Well, we'll sign players. Yeah, how's that going to work? 90% of the, the demand the players, in the market yeah. is for players who are not in the majors right. or who we can sign right before they go to the majors to two-year deals so we can use them when they're young. Okay. That's the key. The hobby is driven by the youth. It's not driven by Paul Goldschmidt anymore. And I know there's people who collect him. That's super. But go buy Fanatics cards of him. That's super. That's not where the money is. The money's in Trevor Lawrence. Not, you know. Philip Rivers. We know Leaf does not have logos on cards, and so we'll establish that as a fact. And I realize you probably don't get many complaints because the people know that, but what percent of the people who write into you talk about, you guys, I won't buy any more of your product because it doesn't have a logo on it. Very few people call and say, we're angry we don't have logos. What they say is, I wish you had logos. You just make such beautiful cards. Mm -hmm. If you had logos, you'd be unstoppable. And what I tell them is the things you love about my product, I couldn't do if I had logos. I can't put Trevor Lawrence in every case if I have logos, because they take 22% off the top. You're getting all this great content because I don't have to deal with that. So you decide, do you want ink on the card from the player, or do you want ink on the helmet? You decide which one matters to you, and that's it. And customers make that decision, and the beautiful thing, like you said, Dr. Beckett, people are gonna come into this hobby in droves, you also, Jeff, they're coming in a big way, and they're gonna have no preconceived notions. The beauty of collecting is people can buy whatever they want. Yes, I say that don't buy my stuff if you don't like it, but if you do, and it's all good. That's a win. Brian, we're blessed to have your perspective here. Thanks, Brian, for your first-hand perspective. The man in the house of